today on the solemnity, the great solemnity of Saints Peter and Paul. We gather as a church to, one, acknowledge the gift of Saint Peter and Saint Paul, to acknowledge the gift that God has given to us. They're pillars of the church. They're pillars and witnesses to who God is, what God has given to us in Christ, the witness to what is awaiting us beyond the grave. They're witnesses. They're witnesses to Christ, to Christ's life, death, and resurrection. The witnesses to Christ's gift of the Holy Spirit, which is at work in their life, which they had realized who the Lord is, as he guided them, as he led them all the way to give a witness of their life by death. So we have two and extraordinary witnesses, but they give an account of what God has given to them and how faithful they were to him to the end. For as St. Paul says, Christ is life. And for me, there's nothing else. Everything is rubbish. And to St. Peter, who gave witness to Christ by allowing himself to be crucified, allowing himself to be that witness to the very end that Christ was everything to him. He was his love. Do you love me? And he says, yes, Lord, I love you. What can we say about what we celebrate today? Because there are so many meetings. By the way, there's six readings for today. The first vigil readings, and then we have the daytime readings. So if you wish to explore what the Lord wants to hear, wants us to hear today, we can take any one of those readings and just kind of work with them and allow ourselves to be in, infused by grace, infused by a profound reflection. So it starts off with very beautiful gift. As you know, after the resurrection, it is Peter and John are walking to the temple to pray, nine o'clock prayer, just like we have right now here, nine o'clock. This was known as, as a time of prayer. So they walk, walk in the temple and they see a beggar. The beggar who goes there, they usually the family brings him there so that he can get some resources for his life. And, and so he looks, this beggar looks at Peter and John, hoping that they'll give him something. And, and, and Peter recognizing him that he has type of faith, which he sees, he's hoping to get something. And Peter says to him, I have not, we have nothing to give you, we have nothing. But what I have is in the name of Jesus, the Nazarene, be healed. And he receives the healing. He receives the healing as he gets up and starts walking and jumping around in joy, that he's able to do something that he was not able to do. In the name of the Nazarene, I say, be healed. That's what St. Peter said. The witness to the power of Christ at work in him. So that's the first reading. The second reading we have, St. Paul, that's from Vigil, from the Vigil. Paul gives witness. I was on the way to Damascus. I was an enemy of Christ. I was the one who was persecuting him and the one who has loved me from the beginning, the one who has formed me in my mother's womb. He has prepared me for something 
different, something special. And what was that special? He wanted me to be a witness to him, to the power of his mercy and love. And so he called me. I was unworthy, but he made, empowered me to be his witness. And he gave me everything. And St. Paul says, from that moment on, where did he go? He went to, two year, to three years to, to the desert. He wanted to reflect on the scriptures. What does it mean that Jesus, the Messiah, is there? What does it mean that he called me? And what does it mean that he said, you're persecuting me? He says, Peter, Paul says, I'm not persecuting you. It is through this reflection of Jesus being one with us, as being part and parcel of this church, which is the, gave the whole theology of the mystical body of the church, the human divine reality, Jesus with us. So is Paul in the desert reflecting, what does it mean? to be part of the mystical body of the church? What does it mean that Jesus is risen and he is speaking on behalf of us, protecting us, telling him he can't do this? And he says, for three years, I meditated on the scriptures. And then I went to Jerusalem to consult with Peter, to consult, am I on the right track? Is this who Jesus is? Is this who he is? And what am I to preach? And so he does, he gives, he goes to Jerusalem for a couple of weeks just to listen to Peter. That's when the two meet. And they're bound together by the same faith to the very end, and they're bound together in heaven today. They're bound together in this celebration that we celebrate. They're bound together in their mission, the mission of Christ. So what is the third reading? The gospel. So what we have is the gospel where at the end of, as you know, at the end of the Gospel of John, it is in, in, after the resurrection. There's what is called resurrection appearance when Jesus appears at the Sea of Galilee and he prepares food for them, prepares breakfast for them. They went to fish all night. And so Jesus is preparing breakfast. He's the risen Lord. God himself is preparing breakfast for those guys, okay? I shouldn't say guys. I mean, they're fishermen, but anyway. And so he's preparing breakfast for them and he's kind of seeing, you know, the Lord says this, I think they'll probably eat a lot more, so bring additional fish so I can finish up, so we can make a big breakfast for you. And it's at that moment, after preparing breakfast for them, at that moment, he says to Peter, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me more than these? The other disciples, and Peter says, and Jesus, Peter answers, yes, Lord, I love you. Feed my lambs. Second time, do you love me? Tend my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my, my sheep. Jesus answers each time, which means if you love me, take care of all of us. Take care. Tend, feed, be there for them. That's his mission. Yes. So three, three, the three, um, uh, threefold question that he gives to P Peter it is one way to make up for the denials that he denied him. Yes, it is true, but it was more. It's a relationship of love. I mean, do you see two men talking, do you love me? Well, we don't see that man talking to each other that way because it is, goes beyond, beyond what is called masculinity, whatever you want to call it, it is humanity is at the heart of our humanity. 
Do we love God? Do we love Jesus? Do we love him? Do we really love him? Do we allow ourselves to be, to be transformed by him, by empowered by him so we can take care of one another? Because ultimately that's what it is. Love for the sake of service. Love for the sake of helping and assisting, taking care, keeping an eye on the reality of our lives so that we don't take the wrong road and get, get, get off the, the path of grace and hurt ourselves, tend, take care of one another. Okay, we have a couple more readings, as you know, today. The reading of King Herod. And King Herod wants to, you know, this is another Passover. He wants to be famous for doing something. So he eliminates, he kills off James, the leader of the church of, of Jerusalem, because he says, well, I'm going to make up, make people happy, the Jews happy. At that time, you know, at least Pharisees and those that I'm still keeping an eye, that making sure that this new way, this new path will not get out of hand. So he eliminates the leader of the church of Jerusalem, James, he kills him. He arrests Peter. But what do we see here? God intervening. Peter, who is in a very secure place, he wants to bring him to, ju to, to judgment, possibly kill him too as well. And, and, and so he's in prison, sleeping among guards, guarding him the highest form of security. When you have guards right next to you, literally in handcuff, you're in handcuff, you're chained. And what does God do? The church prays for him, the church. The church, the whole church prays for him, for his safety, for his freedom. And God sends his angel and Peter says, he doesn't realize he thinks it's a dream. It's not a dream. He removes the shackles from his feet. He tells him to put on belt and the cloak and go. The gates, the, the iron gates are opened. These guards sleep, no one knows, he's freed. The power of Christ through the power of the prayer of the church. Do we want to have Holy Fathers holy? Pray, we pray. The power of prayer, the power of prayer on behalf of the church. The power of prayer, do we want to have bishops and religious and each one of us, to your children, to follow Christ, pray pray the prayer prayer is able to modify what we see god's providential will sometimes sometimes people say well you know our prayer should adjust ourselves to god's will yes it is true because his will is is the greatest thing we can ever ask for his his will is that we be saved that we share his glory for, for, for eternity so it is true but however our prayer does modify God's gift, providential goals of God's providential will. Somehow God includes in his will our prayer. We do not know, but it's true. And that's the fact. The church prays and the Lord somehow in a visible way makes a response to the prayer of the people, people of God. So Peter is freed. The chains fell off from his wrist. The angel said, put on your belt and your sandals, put on your cloak and follow me. And not realizing what was happening through the angel, because he didn't even know what is real. Yet he emerged out in the valley and the angel left him in that freedom. 
St. Paul says today, this is another reading, what does St. Paul say today? He says, the day before his death, he writes a letter to Timothy, his very close, close friend and, and, um, and co-apostle. Co he writes to Timothy, he says, the time of my departure is at hand. I have competed well. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. That's all he's saying. I'm, he's not worried about death. For me, Christ is life. He just wants to give witness. I have run the race. I've taken care of as much as I was able to. I have kept the faith. But from now on, the crown of righteousness awaits me, which the Lord, the, Lord, the just judge, will award me on that day, and not only me, but all who have longed for his appearance. He gives witness to Christ, to his life, to life for not only for himself, but for all of us, for all who long for him. He gives witness. And the Lord stood by me and gave me strength, so that through me the proclamation might be completed, and all the Gentiles might hear it. I did whatever I could, and so the Lord stood by me. And I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me not only in my life, because he protected me. I could have been killed many times. I could have died in the sea. I could have, I have been, you know, stoned to death. I could have died being stoned, as most people were. But the Lord stood on me. He rescued me from every evil threat and brought me to save, to the safe moment. And he is leading me to the heavenly kingdom. And so the, his last words were, to him be glory forever and ever. That's all. That's his day before he died. That's the witness he gives in the letter that he wrote to Timothy. Now, Couple of things I would like to just say, because I know time goes by quickly. Couple of things. One, what we have before us is two witnesses to the human and divine church, the human and divine. In humanity, we see Peter denying Christ. In humanity, we see Peter, uh, Paul, who uh, we see that he was a persecutor. So in humanity, we see men and women of the church, weak, sinful, sometimes confused sometimes needing major conversion, and all of us do so. That's the human dimension. In the human dimension of the church is a fear, is a worry. In the human dimension of the church, we see that people are not always be able to say yes to God and remain faithful to him. They, they falter, they fall. That's the human dimension of a church, and that goes across the board. Popes and all, bishops and all, everyone, because of that human dimension of, of Christ, there's suffering, there's a cross, there's suffering that we have to carry and perhaps even be crucified. That's the human dimension. But along the human dimension is the divine dimension, which can never be re removed. You're Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. The, nether, the, the gates of the netherworld will never be able to overcome it, never. This gift of the divine gift, which Jesus is, because he's human divine. Church is divine. Church is the body of Christ. Church is that, 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 that gift that God has given to us, to humanity, to offer us sacraments, to offer us ability to enter heaven. His church has given us the capacity, the divine capacity to forgive sins, to bind things on behalf of, of, of us, all of us, to bind on behalf of, of God himself, which means God gave us and trusted this divine gift to us 
yes, treasure, divine treasure in earthen vessels. And so the church is will, and our church will continue to give witness to the power of Christ. The church will continue to give presence to Christ through the Eucharist. The church will continue to give the gifts of the Holy Spirit to us. The church will continue to give witness to through the word of God, the word of life. And in a, amidst weaknesses, there's a power. Amidst being Peter being arrested and put in chains, God's power frees him. Amidst the fear and, and all the things that Paul had to go, God gives the power, the power to manifest his glory. And so this is that human and divine dimension. And we have to live. Sometimes people just only see the human. Yeah, there's brokenness in the church. There's bishops could be stronger. Men and women, religious could be better. All of us could be better. Yes, it is true because that's the human dimension and we see that, but we can never, we can never forget the divine dimension because if we do, then we look at church as institution and we see as problems and difficulties. No, it is the power of God, Christ's presence here that is the gift of God himself. And we cannot deny that and we cannot say that this is not true because it is. And so therefore today, to, as we honor St. Peter and Paul, we see the various dimensions of their life. We see the various dimensions of who they are, but also we see the very dimension of, 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 of the, the greatness, the divine gift that God has given us for the sake of humanity, because God wants us to be with him. He does not want us to be separated from him. He wants to give us everything that he prepared for all eternity, that we may share the glory of God in heaven. And I know you know this, but it's good for us to reflect. It's good for us to think back again, to see who we are as Christians, who we see where we are going, to see the problems and difficulties, yet we see them through the eyes of, of the divinity of Christ, who humbled himself to be, our human, to be human, but he wants us to be divine. So may we then today through this celebration of this Holy Eucharist, that we may never ever be discouraged by any human dimensions of the church, that we may see right through and see that which God out of love for us, out of mercy for us, because in his love and mercy, he manifests his divinity. His love and mercy, he forgives us. In his love and mercy, he gives us himself in the Eucharist. The love and mercy gives us the Holy Spirit. Through his love and mercy, he calls us to himself to share his glory forever. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org. 
for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.